faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses was or also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for forty years. Therefore I was provoked with that generation, and said, They always go astray in their hearts. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for forty years? Was it not those or with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. The word as Powell Presbyterian in the PCA that's, that we uh, ascribe to is, is the, the Reformed theology. One of the uh, big tenets of our Reformed theology, this goes beyond Presbyterianism, it's, it's uh, Reformed Baptists and other uh, Reformed uh, theology uh, churches. Uh, one of our, our big beliefs is the absolute sovereignty of God. That God ordains and directs everything for his purpose. And there are some within Christianity who have some reservations to, to this, this emphasis on God's sovereignty. And one of the terms you'll hear is puppet master. Uh, they'll, they'll claim that we think of God as a puppet master. He just pulls strings and, and we don't have any choice. We just kind of do whatever string gets pulled. Uh, uh, almost a fatalistic way of looking at the theology. And, and now I will say that, that most who hold that opinion have never really heard a good presentation of Reformed theology. But as, as Reformed people, as a Reformed church, we affirm what Scripture says about the sovereignty of God. And when we read in Scripture words like predestination and election and God's chosen, we do so 
Moses and for means of comparison. And, and he tells us, and he's been talking about the salvation that we have in Christ. And that we don't uh, walk away from that. And, and he calls us again, holy brothers, who share in a heavenly calling, we see that in verse 1, just as Israel uh, was called out of Egypt uh, and led by Moses uh, to have a heavenly calling. And he tells us again, Consider Jesus, and the Greek word there that consider, my translation is consider, uh, there's this element of being diligent about it. Think this through. This Jesus who brings us this salvation is God, fully God, fully man. He's already established that for us. Consider him, and then he calls him an apostle in verse 1. And Jesus is an apostle, and this is the only time in the New Testament where Jesus is called an apostle. But that word apostle literally means one who is sent. And Jesus often referred to himself as being sent by the Father, especially in the book of John. He said that a lot. In fact, in John chapter 20, Jesus told his disciples in verse 21, as the Father has sent me, and he used that apostle word there, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And Jesus, as we have seen in Hebrews, is, is the ground of our faith, the ground of our confession. He is uh, everything about our salvation. All of our salvation is, is from God, is from Jesus. And then he, as I mentioned, he uses this, this image, this comparison with, with uh, Moses, and he uses the image of a steward's or a servant of a house and uh, the, the audience the original audience here would have understood a steward of the house was uh, someone who was highly trusted, had to be highly trusted he was in charge of everything for the most part and so he had to be faithful and the writer says Moses was very faithful you see that in verse 2 and verse 5 but notice the difference here Moses is faithful in all God's house, when we get to verse 6, we see Jesus faithful over God's house. Again, Jesus is superior. Not only is he superior over God's house, as opposed to in God's house, Moses is part of the house. Uh, Moses is described as a servant, whereas Jesus is described as a son. A builder of the house, even. And there's another uh, nod to the deity of Jesus, as though uh, chapter 1 wasn't adamant enough that uh, Jesus is fully God. He throws it in again here uh, when he mentions Jesus as the builder of the house in verse 3, and then uh, mentions in verse 4 the building of all things is God. Uh, and, and then he points out the purpose of Moses. Moses was this great servant. In verse 5, and he did, he led Egypt out of, uh, or he led Israel out of Egypt, but notice the, the purpose in verse 5. But uh, he did this to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. And it's interesting, in the Old Testament, whenever you start digging into the Old Testament, which I did love to do, you always end up at Jesus. Even in the Old Testament, you come up to, to 
said Jesus because it testifies. The Old Testament, just like Moses, it testifies to, to Jesus. And our lives should be the same. As we live our lives, we testify to the greatness of Jesus. Because we are to be God's house.
saw all of these things, and yet, yet they were afraid to trust God when they really needed to. They were, they were afraid to believe and to have confidence um, when it was time to go into the promised land. And what should have been a short journey, maybe a few months, because they stopped along the way, did some things along the way to months to get from point A to point B. It took them 40 years. And in fact, the generation that never went in, age 20 and above, they, they never went in with the exception of Joshua and Caleb. Because they were the two that said, God has told us we should go. And so not only can we go, but we should go. That's what he's saying. We have to go. And all the people said, no, that's too scary. We're not going to go. So they died in the wilderness and they were provoking God pretty much the whole time. And, and the writer of Hebrews says, so, so, so beware in verses 12 through 15. Beware, because when you think about it, Israel had every advantage. They've seen so many uh, crazy things that God had done. And yet they had these evil, unbelieving hearts. Verse 12, I'm taking some of these words from. They, they fell away, even though they had seen evidence, such clear evidence of the living God. They could see God very active in everything that was going on, and yet uh, they fell away. And so the writer tells us in verse 13, exhorts. Any of you, notice that, lest there be in any 
not being ready to obey when they should have gone into the promised land, but, but as often Scripture is. Do I have that faith and that readiness to obey what God calls me to do? Do you have that readiness to obey what God tells you? salvation, 
realize this, no tragedy is greater than for the members of a professedly Christian body to fail through hardness of heart to recognize the day of grace and opportunity. You live in that day of grace. Every day. 
repentance and faith. So every day what do you do to seek communion with Christ? And hold fast to him daily. You can be confident in his calling. So that you won't be deceived by sin. And then the second question is this. Who do you know that needs encouragement? Or who can you encourage in their faith? Again, uh, from Table Talk, uh, this quote, Salvation is the work of God, but we have the high honor and privilege of being tools through which he works to keep his people in salvation. Our encouragement may well be what the Lord uses to prevent them from falling out of His grace. And we have a great opportunity now as we're not able to get together as often or right now at, at all, really, but we do have the opportunity to reach out. And I've received cards, letters, and, and phone calls, and texts. Reaching out, wanting to talk, encouraging me, and, and I know others, and I've seen some great examples uh, within uh, Paul Presbyterian of people reaching out to others. We have that time now to encourage each other. Even though we can't, we can encourage each other. And the sovereignty of God is exactly why we encourage each other. Because God can. And will use our words for his purpose. We can have great confidence to speak his truth. To hold on to our faith. We know that he is sovereign. And we know that he is faithful. Heavenly Father, teach us to live by prayer as well as by providence for the sake of our souls and our children and our families and our friends and our church. Give us hearts that are frameable to your will so that we live in prayer and honor you that we will be kept from the evil one, from the deceitfulness of sin, from, from all of that evil which is known and unknown. Lord, your truth is our salvation. Keep us strong in a faith that reveals itself in our obedience, in an unshakable confidence in you, that we may glorify you and enter into your rest, exhorting and encouraging those around us. Your word is true. You are all-powerful, and you are faithful in all your ways. Grant us the boldness and confidence to be faithful in all our ways as we honor you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, Thank you for joining me this morning. And as I leave, I want to leave you with words from Paul that he wrote to uh, the 
the uh, Thessalonians, in 2 Thessalonians, he writes this, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good word and 